Stefan Adelson is the site developer and frequent contributor of STD Prevention Online. In his previous life, he was the general manager of Manhunt.net, and he has used his experience to develop a unique bridge between public health and Internet service providers. Rachel Ketcher spoke with him at the annual meeting of the National Coalition of SE Directors, which is held this week in Phoenix, Arizona. So, Stefan, I think, you know, a lot of people know you um, or have heard of you, but I don't know if everybody knows how you got into public health and maybe you could give us a little bit about how you ended up working with STD HIV folks. Sure. Um, it really began around 2002 when I was running Manhunt.net, and I was approached by a community-based organization that wanted to do some outreach on Manhunt. Um, up until that point in time, my exposure to public health was very limited and all on a personal basis. Um, when that profile went live and outreach seemed to be something that had some viability... Wait, st stop for a second and tell the audience wh what Manhunt is and, oh, sure. and your role at Manhunt. Mm -hmm. uh, Manhunt is a, uh, a dating website for men to meet men. It's really a hookup site for men to, to meet and uh, find other sexual partners. Um, it started in 2001, and it was an offshoot of phone sex lines. Uh, I joined the company after it had been live for about three months as the uh, manager of customer service, and very shortly thereafter uh, became the general manager. So I did that uh, for about five years. And uh, outreach was the first exposure to public health. And then we were doing a redesign on the site, and part of the redesign included a uh, health center uh, where you could quickly find one of those outreach profiles. And there was no profiles in Nebraska, and a lot of even the major states. So I started getting on the phone and calling uh, project areas and community-based organizations. And, um, and I started getting hung up on and people saying, well, we can't access your site. And, and I guess word got back and there were some initial meetings with uh, the CDC and Ron Valdeseri. And, and things really kind of grew from there. Um, outreach became... Um, somewhat uh, effective and, and we began to talk about partner services online and internet-based partner notification um, and then banners started to go up for health communication so by the time things progressed I'd established relationships with over 140 different community-based organizations and 17 departments of health to do partner services. Well I know that for you know my when I first heard about you it was because David Novak in Massachusetts had reached out to you to start doing some of this work online and really I don't think we would have gotten anywhere with Manhunt or any of the other sex-seeking sites that we worked with had it not been for you in that position. I think it was a very uh, fortuitous situation for all of us. But so my next experience with you was uh, inviting you to help us write the internet guidelines. And I know if you want to talk about a little bit about that and then what you've done with New York since then. It's been a very exciting project working on the guidelines with you and the team, Rachel, um, and a great education to see and be exposed to the process. So that was another part of the introduction into public health. Um, writing the guidelines has been, um, I think, beneficial for everyone, and, and it's a real great start to uh, both sanction the work and give some generalized guidance to project areas that are interested in doing any type of Internet intervention. Um, so the guidelines suggested that jurisdictions take these national guidelines and adapt them to their area. And as far as I know, New York, New York has been the first state to take that recommendation seriously. I've been working with New York now for about six months. We have developed a draft guideline um, that is very specific and gives some detailed information. Along with that guideline, we've developed a brief protocol 
Uh, so the protocol actually refers to the guidelines so that they can remain living documents and change as the work changes. The protocol will be established and steady. It's the protocol that will go through the approval process. Uh, now that those are both in draft, we did a, a survey of all um, community-based organizations in the state to receive funding uh, to find out where they're at with their protocols. And we found that a lot of agencies are doing a lot of work online, but very few have guidance. Um, so now we're starting to work on the outreach piece of the statewide guidelines. So where do you think in terms of the guidelines, because in the guidelines now it's just HealthCom, it's outreach and its partner notification. Do you see any other additional pieces that we need to be headed as public health people? Yeah, there's. I think there's two uh, great next steps for the guidelines. Um, one is to facilitate them to be living documents. So placing them in a wiki where others can have input and review uh, can be reviewed and changed, I think that needs to be a priority. Um, and then I also developed a set of step-by-step -step instructions on how to create profiles on Manhunt, Adam for Adam, Gay.com, Black Gay Chat, and hopefully these can be combined into one supplement to give project areas some very specific guidance as to how to create profiles on these sites. And where is those, are those accessible now? Right now I've, I've gathered up all the protocols I can find, a lot of the Internet Partner Services related research, uh, the national guidelines, and these are all on a website called internetinterventions.org. It's a free website. It was created all with open source software, and it's available to anyone. And so the instructions on how to create profiles on the different sex-seeking sites are also there as well? Right. These instructions are there, and they're the ones that I'm referring to that will hopefully become a supplemental to the national guidelines. You, you talked about um, working with Manhunt and Adam for Adam. Tell me how you became, you created relationships with them and what they think of these guidelines and the work that we're doing. Sure. Um, as, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I, I kind of came into this industry from Manhunt. We have a great relationship to this date, and we're talking about recreating uh, a health center on Manhunt that will include a lot of new features. Um, I established a relationship with Adam for Adam and actually worked with them hand-in-hand -hand to create the guidance for their site as well. Um, I worked with uh, Dan Melton and Power On to create the Gay.com and the Black Gay Chat. So part of this process has been about establishing relationships and partnerships uh, with these MSM websites. Uh, something that happened earlier in the week was a video that was created by the Department of Health in Montana. And the video contained some content that the that uh, the powers that be weren't comfortable with d disseminating on a wide scale. Um, so I took this video and I uh, put it on a new website, a fairly new website called GayTube, which is a website that's social networking mixed with pornography, um, and posted it as a PSA. It was well received from GayTube and has actually opened the door for me to establish a relationship with them as well. So part of what I'm doing is trying to establish relationships with MSM websites so that public health and MSM websites can work together to reach at-risk populations. I think, I'm, But I think that it, what's also very important about this that you bring to the table is that you have the perspective of both the business side and the public health side, which a lot of us in public health, do n we lack that, that business side, and we fail to remember that uh, these business owners are in it to make money. They're not in it for public health. They're not in it for safe sex, per se. And so I think striking that balance has been really successful, or you've been very successful at striking that balance, because I, I've yet to meet somebody who's been able to approach the websites the way you have and get them to work with us. 
Well, thank you, Rachel. It's very exciting. Uh, you know, GayTube is reaching a very wide audience. Um, I hope to establish a relationship with another website called Xtube. Xtube has 7 million members, and they have over 100,000 people logged on at any time. For example, on this video, it's been posted now for about four days. I checked this morning, and it's been viewed 3,500 times. So, and, and it's been viewed by a population that public health might not reach in any other way. Uh, part of the most important thing about the things like Xtube and GayTube is that now pornography is being posted in kind of a dump all area. So there's heterosexual pornography right next to homosexual pornography. So my concern is that over time, as this is adapted widely, people's sexual behavior may actually be influenced by what they're viewing. A heterosexual man taking a look at, at a piece of homosexual pornography that he's never seen before home alone, in privacy, well, what does that look like? And it may actually begin to change people's behavior, and, and as we know, as uh, behavior changes and sexual networks change, disease follows. So I think it's important to, to get relationships with some of these sites that are popping up that uh, aren't so specifically MSM or heterosexual, and, um, and get those relationships established now so we can actually maybe be ahead of the curve as the disease changes. So that, uh, that leads into my next question about STD prevention online, because you were uh, consulted with or by the Center of Excellence out of Denver Public Health to help them create STD prevention online. Can you discuss a little bit about that site and, and what role it serves for the community? It's been a really exciting project from the beginning. The STD and Internet Center of Excellence, I think, is, is one of the greatest things to come out regarding technology in quite a while. Um, it's, you know, it encompasses a great deal of projects that I think hold great promise and can create some real change in the industry. Uh, but my involvement has really been, as you've mentioned, with STD Prevention Online. And it's been a challenge. You know, as you know, STD Prevention Online is a social network to unite sexual health professionals. Um, and, you know, we're all accustomed to working in, in our areas, on our projects. So communication has been something that's not a natural in the industry. So we created a site that's all about communication and sharing resources and breaking down silos. Uh, so the initial concern was, will it be used by people and will they use it as intended? But things are looking really good. Uh, people are using the site, they're posting resources, they're downloading information. I think it's a very exciting project that can actually create some positive change throughout the entire community. And talk about the NIPS group you created on that site, because I think it's something that a lot of people could, could use. It would yeah. be useful for people. One of the greatest features about the site is the groups. So anyone that's part of a group can join and create their own group. Um, in New York, part of the follow-up to the guidelines and the DIS training that we've done was a weekly follow-up phone call with the different counties that are online conducting partner services. The phone call has been so productive because it's given us an opportunity to share challenges and to work through issues. We wanted to, I, I just thought that it would be a great idea to take this local phone call and make it a national phone call. So I created a group called NIPS on STD Prevention Online and then invited everyone that uh, had DIS as one of the things they were into in their field. Um, I invited about 130 people and we've got almost 60 members now. We had our first conference call about a month and a half ago and it just it went on and on. We had over 40 participants. We're going to have our next call on the 27th of October. 
David Novak is going to join us and talk about the new internet fields, the follow-up fields that are coming out in STDMIS, and we're going to discuss how people can handle disposition codes for uh, internet tracing. Excellent. Thank you, Steph. This has been really informative and enjoyable. It's my pleasure, Rachel. STD podcasts are produced by Ben Westergaard for the Internet and STD Center of Excellence. This is Case Reitmeyer for STD Prevention Online. 